5: This is Bear Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom
2: Sumner Show.
6: It's all
5: Five-Minute Mystery. See if you can solve the case before the end of the program. Well, Alice, one more block and you'll behold the
4: Brooks household. Two whole years, Jim. It just doesn't seem possible. It's been so long. You and Dorothy married and with a place of your own? Ah, it's true, all right. Only too bad you haven't taken advantage of the old Brooks hospitality scene. Well, I'm here now and I intend on having a perfectly wonderful time. Now, here we are. What a charming place this is. Dorothy's probably on needles and pins waiting for me to get you here. Darling, it's Jim. Here's Alice. (gasps) Jim, look! What? Where? There, on the living room floor. It's Dorothy, dead.
7: Mr. Brooks, I'm afraid you and Miss Manning will have to submit to some routine questions. I'll be happy to help in any way I can, Inspector. Thank you, Miss Manning. Now, Mr. Brooks, while we're waiting for some information I phoned for, I want you to tell me exactly what happened this morning.
4: Well, there's nothing much to tell. Both my wife and I were quite excited, expecting Alice, that is, Miss Miss Manning here, to visit us from Chicago. I was to wait until she called me at the office.
7: And you were there all morning?
4: Yes, until Miss Manning's train arrived and we came out here. I had written Mrs. Brooks to tell her that I would call Jim at the office as soon as I arrived. The train was an hour late. Maybe if I had been here earlier, it may have been prevented.
7: Hmm, well that remains to be seen. Apparently, Miss Brooks was sitting here in this chair putting red polish on her fingernails when she was shot from behind. The polish is spilled all over the carpet, and she was still holding the tiny brush in her hand. She must have recognized her attacker, and since she did not die instantly, she printed these three initials here on the floor with the polish, D-O-C.
4: DOC I wish we could tell whose initials she was trying to reveal.
7: Yes, sure you don't know anyone whose name would fit that? Positive. I can't Oh oh Yes, Miss Manning, can you think of somebody with those initials?
4: Well I I D O C spells Doc and it's mister Brooks' nickname. Why it can't be Yes, mister Brooks. I haven't been called Doc in over two years. It was a nickname I picked up in school. My wife didn't like the name and never used it. No one in New York even knows me by Doc. I've, you've got to believe me, Inspector.
7: It's the truth. Hmm, well, that we'll see. Just a minute. Hello? Yes, Grady. Yes. I see. Well, it's sewed up anyway. Thanks. Well, you both will be happy to know our little murder is solved. Oh, then... then it wasn't Doc after all? No, Miss Manning, it wasn't Doc. I'm arresting you, Miss Manning, for the murder of Dorothy Brooks.
5: Why did the inspector arrest Miss Manning for the murder of Mrs. Brooks? In a moment, we'll hear... And now, back
4: to our story. How dare you arrest me! I was still on the train!
7: Your train wasn't late, Miss Manning. That phone call just verified the fact. You came out here, murdered Miss Brooks, returned to the station, and called Mr. Brooks to pick you up. That wasn't what really gave you away, though, Miss Manning. Too bad you didn't know Mr. Brooks was no longer called Doc when you printed those letters on the carpet. The next time you leave a name as a clue to throw suspicion, you'd better get the name right. But of course, there won't be a next time, will there, Miss Manning?
5: Join us again next time for another chance to solve a five minute mystery. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest this hour is an award-winning novelist, poet, playwright, and practicing lawyer. He has a new book. Uh, It's uh, book three, actually, of the Peter O'Keefe books. It's called On Lonesome Roads. His name is Dan Flanagan. He joins me by phone. Good morning, Dan, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Um. This is I'm I'm not sure how to ask this and and I and I want to try and be as sensitive as I can, but you're still lawyering?
8: Yes. Uh not not as much as I once did, but yes I am. I'm I'm full full time.
5: I remember asking I remember talking to David Baldacci and he started out as an attorney and then um you know, of course he's had tremendous success. Yeah. And I asked him which he liked better, writing or lawyering, and he said, oh, writing by far. Is that true for you? Because I talk to some people, that they really don't want to stop
8: lawyering. It, it's uh, probably unique to the individual. I've I wanted to be a writer uh, since I was in high school, and uh, I drifted away from it largely probably out of fear of failing and, uh, but I punished myself and probably unfortunately my wife as well for many decades, uh, for not doing it. And, uh, uh, in about 2013, I, I, I decided to, to devote some time to it and have, you know, devoted more and more time to it, been in a position to to do that more, uh, but I have not been able to let go of the loring. I'm 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 afraid afraid to death of sitting at the kitchen table or the desk or something and just sitting there looking off into space.
1: <laughs>
5: well, I I ask writers a lot of times if they've if they've been able to put themselves in a position of writing full time, and it sounds like you really haven't tried to do that.
8: Uh you, that, that's right, and I'm 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 afraid of it. I'm 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 in this transition mode where I'm experimenting with things, and and uh, it would it would be nice to do that someday. But uh, truthfully, I have such a manic depressive writing process that uh, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't fully trust it. You
5: know. So what what does that mean for you? What's your pro- somebody asked. Uh, I share this with a lot of writers. Somebody asked Stephen King once. It wasn't me, unfortunately. Um, whether um, he wrote to a schedule or to a muse, and he said oh, always to the muse, but fortunately the muse shows up every morning at 9 o'clock.
1: Um,
5: <laughs> yeah. What, what, what is that that manic, depressive writing style that you alluded to? <laughs>
8: yeah. Well, I, I'd say it has three components to it. Uh, occasionally, nothing, you know, blocked. Occasionally, very, very energetic. And every once in a while, super disciplined. I've not been able, though, to really uh, do the writing everyday thing that everyone recommends yet. But on the other hand, uh, I've really been able to produce quite a bit in a fairly short amount of time. So, uh, uh so I, I I can discipline myself when I and I've come to trust whatever crazy process is going on with me I can't uh, s- explain it really and and I I punish myself for it but it, it, it's turned into some some published work so uh, okay
5: well with the P- the Peter O'Keefe books um, and this is book three Um. I always ask people that are writing a a trilogy or a series, did you know when you started it was going to be a series, or did you get to the end of book one and go, oh, but wait, there's more?
8: Uh, Not not at all. In fact, the first uh, book in what is now the series, uh, Mink Eyes, the first draft of it I wrote clear back in the 1980s, 1986, in fact. And... uh, and, 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 long story, but, you know, had, had an agent, a publisher and all that publisher went bankrupt one thing after another, and I just gave up the whole process for a long time. And, and I returned to it, um, uh, really 2013. And I said, you know, this thing isn't bad. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do another version of it and see what happens. And, uh. And actually, that book was intended only if it was sort of a belated coming-of-age age story. I mean, the guy's in his 30s, so he's already come of age, <laughs> but still not, still not quite grown up. Uh, but I wanted to make it more interesting, and so I put it in this detective uh, crime format. Ne- never really intending to become a detective or crime novelist, but... Uh, When I came back to it, uh, I thought, you know, if I could take this group of characters from 1986 up until the present day, as long as I can write and and all that, it would be really interesting to sort of tell uh, a version of the history of our times with these characters. So that's what I've embarked on now, and... But I'm only up to 1988 in the third book. so.
5: You know, it's, it's weird. I, I was looking at, at my notes before, uh, before we connected to, to do this uh, interview, and I couldn't help thinking that the names were switched. <laughs> Dan, Dan Flanagan sounds more like the private detective, and Peter O'Keefe sounds more like the award-winning novelist.
8: I'm trying to figure out how to react to that. I don't know. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and
5: I'm not trying to embarrass you or put you on the spot. It's just when I first looked at it, I thought, wow, Dan Flanagan, that's a great private detective name.
8: And oh, it, I, see. I it,
5: see. And and it, it, just, it just struck me that way, like, you know, the, that the names were a little turned around. But you said something about taking the characters and moving them from, where they originally were to a more contemporary time more with award-winning novelist dan flanagan straight ahead
1: hello darling this is Elvira, mistress of the dark with tom sumner
9: Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
5: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with award-winning novelist Dan Flanagan straight ahead. When you write, when you come up with the idea for a book, is it the characters first and then some things unfold that would happen to them or do you have a story in mind and then cast it like a movie
8: I uh usually it's character first sometimes uh, a plot aspect as well but but uh but but mostly mostly the character character first now What's happened with these books is that one thing has led to another in the sense of, all right, uh, th- this isn't resolved. What's he going to do next? And so uh, in some ways, this th- these three books are a trilogy uh, as much as they are a series in that one sort of rose from another one. but but on the other hand this this the, the one i'm working on now is very plot driven it's just something i wanted to uh deal with uh which was the whole uh, satanic conspiracy you know moral panic daycare thing which put a lot of innocent people in jail in the 1980s uh,
5: with the you know as i'm looking through some of the things that you've done some of the things that you've written um you write novels, but you write screenplays as well. Um, it it seems to me that the writing of those two things is very different. Is it kind of tough going back and forth, or is storytelling storytelling, and it's it's just a, a format that you use? Uh,
8: it it is. It's very hard to be, uh, and I've only written screenplays that that uh, relate to the to the novels I've written, oh, uh, not, not something stand-alone. And uh, it's very hard. It's very hard to stuff uh, uh, a novel into a 120-page you know screen, feature screenplay format. I, I also have to say, though, I've written a book of poetry and uh, some uh, more literary-type short stories, which uh, I, I really have no problem with, with moving among the, those things. But uh, uh, I'd say screenwriting is hard because of the discipline it takes to really uh, condense uh, something.
5: Yeah, it's you're you're giving a lot of uh, a lot of
8: writing up
5: to the visuals.
8: Uh, very much so. Yeah, and and just just having to make sure it happens. And, 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 you know, it used to be two hours, but now it's closer to 90 minutes, so you've got to do a feature film.
5: Well, and some, you know, even a little less than that. Some are oh, yeah. 80 minutes. You know, yeah, that's right. becoming fairly common.
8: Right. Um, yeah, actually, for me, I, if I had any hope uh, to do something along those lines, I've written a, uh, a so-called series Bible and a pilot for an O'Keeffe. And a limited series, you know, like you see Bosch or one of those kinds of things, is much more conducive to, to what I'm doing than, than a feature screenplay. Because you can actually tell a longer story with a longer arc over a longer period of time, uh, introduce new characters, all that.
5: You know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because... Um, Series now are becoming much more abbreviated than they used to be. I was watching um some old episodes because of the pandemic. I was binge watching you know streaming channels like a lot of people and I was watching old episodes of perry Mason and nowadays uh a um and of course those started i think in fifty five or six. And ran for a good 10 or 12 years before their resurgence in in film version. But they were doing, you know, 50 episodes a season. And I was just stunned. It was like they didn't take time off. And now, you know, a contemporary season for a series is 10, maybe 12 episodes.
8: True,
5: true. And it sounds like that's something you'd like to tackle. Are you very visual when you write, Dan?
8: I think I am, uh, and I and, I, and I, other people have told me that. I, I I wouldn't necessarily have thought so myself, but yes. Well, some and, you know, some was, people I have was a, a real gift. major in college, so you know I have some some yeah, sense.
5: it. To... some people have a a, a real gift for uh, dialogue and banter and, and that sort of thing. And then some write, um, just amazingly descriptive, um, uh, treatments of locations and, you know, weather and, you know, other things and, and, and are really good at bringing a place to life. Um and and so i i'm always curious if that's if that's a byproduct of seeing it while you're writing it
8: i'm not sure this is uh, directly responsive descriptive I, I i feel i feel much stronger and better in dialogue than anything and and yeah. frankly would rather write plays than anything else but that it's a tough tough business, but, but uh, uh, I, I try to keep my descriptions uh, uh, not extensive. You know, I, I, in other words, I'm not describing everything all the time, but try to, to uh, emphasize the things that I think are most important and, uh, and that I can do well.
5: What happened to the book from the eighties how did how did that hold up or do well or did you drop that and start again later? no
8: it is very much the same book with the same plot and the same characters although uh I would say substantially revised just in terms of style and that sort of thing uh, and uh, so um, and it kicked everything off here and and uh, I, I I think on the whole people think that, that the next two books are stronger, but I'm a big fan of the first one. Of course, it's the origin story.
5: I'm I'm a sucker for origin stories, Dan. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of with you on that. In fact, sometimes when I'm binge watching, uh, you know, streaming channels, I'll go back and find, you know. Old TV shows and, and old series uh, and and go back to the the first one. You know, I want to see that origin story. Um, but once you have something going and and it looks like you've tried to keep these characters in the '80s. What is it about the '80s that that has you? I don't want to say trapped, but but. Um, lingering there
8: it it's not about the 80s it's about these characters and, and particularly the lead character and his uh i hate to use this cliche word but arc uh and 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 uh and the trouble he's gotten himself into and needs to get himself out of so it's it's actually i'm kind of anxious to get out of the 80s but but uh, uh i'm four book i uh, this will be the, the one I'm working on now will be four books in but but
5: uh so do you, do you see that as a resolution and then you'll move on to perhaps an another different series or some standalone books
8: no well i i uh I, I'm sort of always working on uh, a book of what I'd call shorter f- fiction long short stories novellas. Sort of thing that has nothing to do with crime or detective, but but what I intend though with this series is to stay with it forever, uh, not not have another series, but literally oh, carry it. If I could, I'd carry up to two, 2022, you know, one 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 book at a time.
5: If you hadn't um, found yourself Mired in in the life of a private detective and the people around him and, and the stories that unfold. What kinds of things would you like to be writing? What are you writing in the in the shorter pieces?
8: Yeah, I, I the, the shorter book I have out is called Dewdrops, and it's very uh, uh, sort of diverse. It's two long short stories and and in the middle a novella. The first one, the first story is about a, a young boy in the 1950s. It's called Some Cold War Blues. Uh, the second one is about a, a, a counselor and a, a bunch of patients in a drug and alcohol rehab center. Kind of a tragedy. And the third one's about an old woman in Juneau, Alaska. Uh, 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 that's set in the 1980s. Uh, uh, just trying to come to terms with their life, so they're very, very much all over the place. <clears throat> one reason, though, I like the detect, and then, and then uh, the, the the one I'm working on now uh, has a little bit of autobiographical in it. has has a, has some other things, and and one reason I like the detective crime thing is. Not to be so navel gazing, you know. I am, uh, and just all all about me, you know. So. In were other the, words, I, I I lack a certain imagination for for uh, plots, probably.
2: Were
5: there um, detective stories or or writers of of mysteries, thrillers that? that you like that maybe have informed your, your writing a little?
8: I would say actually not. Uh, I, I haven't read that much in the genre. I, uh, as younger, I, I, really liked Ross McDonald. That may, may have been an influence. Uh, you know, you like Elmore Leonard, but certainly I don't imitate him in any way. Uh, uh, but I, I just read the, the classics, really, and that, that was my grounding more, more than anything else. So I'm hoping that these books have a real literary aspect to them as opposed to just pure genre fiction.
5: You know, a lot of writers struggle with finding a voice. How has that process been for you?
8: I would say that I'm not searching for a voice. I either have it or I don't. Uh, and so uh, my, my my process, such as it exists, is just trying to to write a better book from a stylistic point of view and, and so on. Uh, what but, is the, what does that really look
5: like? What are the ingredients in, in uh, building a better book?
8: You may have stumped me there. Well, uh, I, I,
5: I'm not trying I, to stump you. I'm no, just no, I'm trying no. to get I, curious I'm glad about these.
8: These questions are good uh, for, for me to think about. Uh, I, I'd say that. Uh, um, hmm, just I, I, in, in in these books. I mean, a lot I, of times writers
5: will tell me, "Well, uh, you know, a good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end." Okay. Yeah, that's that's fine. But there are there are other things like when you're writing a series and you mention the arc. There's a, there's a story that that is told over several books. Even though you know the book itself, each installment may have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and and you know stand up mm-hmm. on their own. Um, but within a particular book or a particular story. Um, there are things that that happen, characters that have flaws that redeem themselves. What are the what are the mm. elements that you like to craft into a story that you think
8: makes it a better book? As these are developed, the thing I'm happiest about is introducing other characters and giving them more uh, play, if you will, in the books that than just m- my main character and, uh and his this, in this case it's a true redemption story for the main character uh and uh, now that he's quite a bit redeemed i got to figure out what to do with him next you know
5: but, <laughs> sounds like he's going to have to make a big boo boo <laughs>
8: yeah I, 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 and you i'm really struggling with that 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 uh how do i uh how do I carry this on in that respect?
5: Just got his mind right. Now you got to screw him up again. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right.
5: All right. When you're um, going about your business, whether it's lawyering or just living life every day, are, are ideas constantly popping into your head for characters um are they based on people you've met or run into or know um are are stories inspired by something you might read in the newspaper or see on the television news um but where where do these um where do the inspirations come from uh
8: the uh Uh, uh, what I've written up to recently were things that really I've wanted to do for years and and wanted to do when I wasn't writing. So I'm sort of getting those off the table, if you will, and moving on to something else. Regarding this detective stuff, uh, actually, about the only thing I watch is true crime and i watch it like like music it's on all the time <laughs> uh, and, and uh and so I, and, and i don't i try very hard not to uh follow the headlines and do you know really do exactly what's happening in real life but they really do inspire a lot of things and, and ideas and so on so uh, uh i uh, uh I, I, I think that's a source for these detective things. Uh, with other things, it's uh, it's really more, has been with me so far, more of things that I've really, my whole life sort of wanted to do, wanted to say.
5: How long before you think uh, book four will be? coming down the pike?
8: Uh, I, I actually have, I originally said that, that book 3 was published in late April. Uh, book 4 uh, I hope uh, and believe that it will be done, it will be published by next March or April, which is faster than I've worked before. But but I, this plot is there. It's done. It's just a matter. But, but it's very challenging because a lot of it is courtroom stuff, and that's hard to do. So, uh, uh, but anyway, that, that's when book four would be here. And, and then uh, hopefully, maybe even before that or soon after that, the next book of sh- what I call Shorter Fiction.
5: Well I'll tell you we're just just about out of time but I appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners this morning um do you I always ask guests if they uh how if they'd like to share with listeners how listeners can find out more about you and your work past present and future do you have a website you'd like to share Dan
8: oh sure uh it's just called Dan Flanagan books and that's uh D-A-N-F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N my, my relatives did not a spell uh, it's the Dan Flanagan Books uh, <laughs> I'm serious about that we, we went over to Ireland and found it should be Flanagan Books and then if somebody wants to email me it's Dan Flanagan Books at gmail
5: well, Dan, thank you so much, and uh, by all means, keep up the good
8: work. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Glad that uh, radio's still alive and well, at least in Flint, Michigan.
5: <laughs> all right. Well, thank all you right. for that. And uh, with that, we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right
1: after this. <laughs>
2: wash my hands, I don't touch my face I stay at home, shelter in place Social distance, don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves, I stay away from church I avoid old folks, and should I sneeze, I do it in my elbow, or up my sleeve, six feet apart, that is the room, and I pray for the day the kids can go back to school. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I take them down on death of me The death of me I risk a trip To the grocery store To buy a TV And a few things more But when I get there All I can find Is sixteen honey buns And some mad dog wine. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors, cause I'm sick of what I see. Of this quarantine's gonna be the death of me, the death of me. You know, they say this is war, but we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Job Hill, and we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. I'd rather volunteer for a high risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fella that ordered that mad soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. What slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. (laughs) Of course, I immediately apologized (laughs) as soon as I regained consciousness. From the Tom
1: Sumner Show, oh
3: yeah. Hey, this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now.
9: And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message.
0: These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. It'd be nice to hear from him.
9: For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov ag for your connection to consumer protection.
1: we Summer Program.com. The
2: time Summer Program.com. The time Summer
1: Program.com. From the Tom Summer.
5: Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we ended it up with uh, a little bit of a preview from tomorrow's show with some uh, cartoons. Music performed by local artists about cars and cruising. We had a whole show dedicated to uh celebrating tune-up week and also the big event back to the bricks itself uh coming up here really soon uh with an encore from 2018 joel by riding shotgun with me for a special saturday remote edition of the tom sumner program back in 2018 on the bricks with back to the bricks and uh it features Joel and uh, cartoons, as I mentioned. J.D. Weingarten drops by for a while. Members of the uh, uh, Flint Roller Derby uh, team drop by and visit for a little bit. It was it was a fun show to do. It was very different than our usual shows. But I hope you enjoyed today's show, which uh, was like our usual shows with great guests, including... Uh, This last hour with uh, award-winning novelist, uh, poet, playwright, and practicing attorney Dan Flanagan about his uh, latest book, book three in the Peter O'Keefe books uh, called On Lonesome Roads. And uh, before that, we talked with um, State Senator Holly Thompson Rader about her poverty to politics story. She's from uh, Missouri. And uh, has a um, memoir called Cinder Girl. Interesting interesting story and uh, in- interesting uh, public official to be sure. And we started out with the president and founder of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk, talking about uh, her new book. It's, it's actually the 30th anniversary edition of her book, Free the Animals, with a... Um, forward by Oscar winner Joaquin Phoenix anyway uh, I can't believe how fast the show went by today there's smoking George Winters, tickling the Ivories let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room but I will be back tomorrow with an encore edition of the Tom Sumner program Uh, live from Back to the Bricks back in 2018 with Joel By Riding Shotgun